Hey everybody, welcome to The Trench. My name is Christian, and today we're going to talk about how our thoughts impact others. I'm glad that no one can read my mind. I'm glad that no one can know how mad I am, or how afraid I am, or how little I like their cooking. If you're anything like me, you've taken refuge in the idea that your thoughts are private, and as long as nobody knows the terrible things that you're thinking, then you're okay. After all, what's really important isn't what we think about people, but how we act toward them, right? Since reading our thoughts determine our lives by Elder Thaddeus, I'm not so sure anymore. One quotation in particular struck me as extremely important and extremely sobering. He writes, God's energy and life is in us, but we do not realize it. Neither do we understand that we greatly influence others with our thoughts. We can be very good or very evil, depending on the kind of thoughts and desires we breed. Even our thoughts are powerful, and I've seen this firsthand. I usually try to wake up before everybody else in my family. Now, I'm not saying that I actually do it, but I try. When I do wake up early, I try to spend time with the Lord. I try to be at peace and rest in Him. But if I'm honest, it rarely happens that way. Too often, the first thing I do in the morning is checking my email, or my to-do list, or my news feed to see if ISIS has done anything during the night. Filling my thoughts with outside worries, with anxieties about the day or the world, really changes the way that I experience those early morning hours. Instead of resting in God, my focus shifts to the circumstances around me. Conversely, I've noticed that when I do spend my mornings in peace, when I can ground my thoughts and rest in God's love through prayer, my day tends to go a lot more smoothly. What I don't mean is that if I pray or read the Bible or meditate on the things of God, that God somehow rewards me for this and makes my day better. Sometimes my days are still just awful. What I mean is that my internal experience of those things is different. I feel more equipped, more ready to handle the challenges of the day because I'm meeting them from a place of peace and trusting in God. Steve touched on that in a B2B episode on why silence is so important. When my days start with email checking or to-do listing, however, well, things are a lot more difficult for me. Dwelling in the chaos of the circumstances around me, I find myself to be more internally chaotic as well. Elder Thaddeus says, if the head of the family is laden with worries and thoughts about some difficulty, then the peace in that family is disturbed. All the members of the family are depressed. They have no peace, no comfort. The head of the family must radiate goodness to all the members of his family. That is how our thought machine works. By waking up in the morning and focusing first on all the things that I have to do that day, I begin my day with a very simple thesis. Ain't nobody got time for that. So from the first thing in the morning, I'm operating from a position of being overwhelmed and all the anxiety and defensiveness that that provokes. And as you remember from last week, the more we think about something, the easier it becomes to continue thinking about that thing. Then when my five-year-old daughter does what five-year-olds do and can't remember where she put her shoes, it's really easy to feel frustrated because of my day's thesis. Ain't nobody got time for that. Then my wife might ask me if I could empty the dishwasher, but I'm still thinking about my big to-do list and I'm struck with a very familiar thought. Ain't nobody got time for that. Both of these scenarios are totally normal. My daughter is five and my wife is my partner. That either of them would need me for something is just to be expected. But with my thoughts running wild by succumbing to the idea that ain't nobody got time for that, I find that my ability to respond flexibly is greatly diminished. Before I know it, ain't nobody got time for that invades every interaction I have. I become impatient and unkind, and my entire family is in disarray. My thoughts lead me to be short with the people that I love. 
they experience that shortness and in turn become grumpy with me, and rightly so. But I experience their grumpiness and in turn become less willing to deal with them because, well, ain't nobody got time for that. And that's how a single stupid idea in my head ruins my family's entire day and strains our relationships. My thoughts are my responsibility. They are my job to tame, otherwise they're gonna take over my entire life. This is why St. Paul said we take every thought captive to obey Christ. When I wake up in the morning, however, and I'm able to offer my thoughts to Christ to rest in the good news that Jesus wins, well, then I approach the day from a different and healthier starting point, God's love. So when my daughter struggles to find her shoes, instead of getting frustrated or impatient, I'm more likely to realize that I too struggle to find my way and that the Lord still loves me and is merciful and patient with me. And when my wife asks me to do something for her, instead of feeling anxious or overwhelmed, I'm more likely to realize how often I ask the Lord to do things for me and how reliably He gives me what I need. Now I'm not saying this is magic. It doesn't happen in one day, one month, or even one year. It takes consistent and deliberate practice to rehabituate our thoughts toward the Lord. When I habitually orient my thoughts toward this world, toward worrying about all the things that I have to do, then I perceive that everyone and everything is deliberately getting in my way, keeping me from accomplishing all the super important things that I have to do. But when I begin to direct my thoughts toward Christ, when I live into the story that I am the flawed recipient of his mercy and love rather than the center of the world, then I begin to see all the interactions in my life as opportunities to live further into that story, to extend the same mercy and love that I've received, regardless of how much I have to do. Keeping our thoughts centered on Christ and staying mindful of him and his presence is more than simply looking on the bright side. We must learn to see ourselves first and foremost as the recipients of Christ's love and mercy. And to do this, we have to be mindful of the thoughts that keep bouncing around in our heads. We have to stop seeing ourselves as victims of our circumstances. And instead, we must see ourselves as the recipients of God's love. For only when we receive His love can we truly extend it to others. So join the fight. Live Orthodoxy. Remember to like and subscribe, and join the rest of us inside the trench. I'm glad that no one can read the thoughts that show how mad I am, how afraid I am, or how little I like their cooking.